We are now recording and it's 2.08. Good afternoon and welcome to the meeting of the Arts Commission on Monday, June 5th, 2023. I'm calling the meeting to order by asking the Commission Secretary, Alyssa Ventry, who is back mm -hmm. with us. More will be said about that later to call the rolls. President Collins. Present. Vice President Shiota. Present. Commissioner Beltran. Present. Commissioner McCoy. Present. Commissioner Rothschild. Here. Commissioner Benavides. Present. Commissioner Stryker. Present. Commissioner Hakimi. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Shelby. Present. Commissioner Carney. Present. Commissioner Brunzel. Here. Commissioner Ferris. Here. Commissioner Liu. Here. And Commissioners Moosley and Commissioner Schneer are absent, but we have a quorum. Thank you. Also, for the record, Director of Cultural Affairs, Ralph Remington, Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee, Deputy Director of Finance and Administration, Riley Catapang, and Senior Administrative Analyst, Sandra Pinopio, Civic Art Collection Public Art Director Mary Chu and Senior Registrar Civic Art Collection Allison Cummings are all present. So welcome commissioners and it's nice to see everyone. It's been a busy month and we have some important items on the agenda today. First and foremost, Happy Pride Month. Um, it's a wonderful time in San Francisco to express some of our deepest values. Uh, Pride Month is for everyone, and I hope that we uh, have a good, safe, and, and active month here. I also want to signal the return of our Commission Secretary, Alyssa Ventry, along with our, along with our, our really deep appreciation to intern commission, Interim Commission Secretary, Treka Lopez-White. Our secretary, commission secretary has been on leave. Um, thank you, Treka. It's I know that we went through a lot of transitions uh, during this time, both in technology and in script. We went from being uh, virtual to being in person. Um, and the grace that you really executed your work was noticeable for all of us. Can't thank you enough. And also, we look forward to the presentation of the inaugural Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee final report. What a beautiful report. More will be said about this in the course of the meeting. And now some public meeting instructions. This meeting is being held in person and by teleconference. Today, the Arts Commission meeting is being streamed using the WebEx platform, which will allow for remote viewing and public comment. While this technology allows for individuals to join the meeting remotely, it may not be as seamless as we would prefer. There will be gaps and delays as staff transitions the technology between speakers. Please know that we are doing our best and we ask for your patience. I want to remind us of the policies and the procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and to adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. 
At every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to the items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there is also space for public comment re pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment um, on topic and each public comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. However, there have been some slight systems updates to provide public comments. Therefore, please listen closely to our updated public comment instructions that will be provided by Commission Secretary Alyssa Ventry shortly. Last, a few virtual housekeeping items. For the public and staff joining remotely, please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourselves when you speak so that others on the phone will know who's talking. Before I turn this over to Agency Secretary, uh, Commission Secretary Alyssa Ventry, I just want to remind us that when we make comments, let's all make sure that we use the time that is allotted for that. We're beginning to kind of stray out and then come back and say, oh, I forgot something. That's not, I'm, I'm going to call that out of order because we are trying to make sure that we don't have um, systems drift in the way that we communicate. So if you have a comment, it's going to fit in that slot. I'll be probably the first person to make the mistake. So Ralph will call me on it. But, but to the point, we want to make sure that we're really running our meetings according to that protocol because we're also asking the same for our public. Is that okay? I have agreement. Thank you. I'll now turn this over to our commission secretary, Alyssa Ventry, for public comment instructions. For members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you are called on, then you will be asked to voice your comment at the podium. You will see blank public comment cards located on the podium. You are recommended but not required to fill out this card, which will be included in the minutes. If the podium is not handicap accessible, please let us know and we will provide you with a microphone at your seating location. You may also make public comment using the WebEx link. When you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, first, last name, and email. These fields are required. However, if you wish to remain anonymous, you may type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please ensure that you're in a quiet location that all devices around you are muted so there's no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the president will call for public comment for members of the public using the WebEx link. Please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it, it is your time to speak, you'll be unmuted by the moderator. And when your time is up, you'll be muted. For members of the public calling by phone that wish to make public comment, when the public comment period opens, press star three to be added to the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will Hear us ask you to state your name and your comment. You're encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you begin speaking using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I'll say call your time is up. Then I'll be 
then you'll be placed on mute and moved out of speaker line. We'll pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line to listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or if it's not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment period. President Collins, please proceed with the meeting when you're ready. Thank you. I would like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. The San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded nor lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. I'll now call for agenda item number two. Agenda item number two is, a dis is approval of the minutes, the discussion and possible action to approve the May 1, 2003 minutes. I'm reminding commissioners to say their name after they respond to the motion. So I'm asking for a motion to approve the May 1, 2003 minutes and ask for a second. So move, Commissioner Beltran. Second, Chiara. Thank you. I'm now asking for any public comment. Is there any public comment on agenda item number two, the approval of the minutes? We will take in-person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium and fill out the public comment information card. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put into the queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item number two, approval of the minutes. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer if you're on screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I am requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? And seeing none, I am now requesting comments for those joining remotely. Is there anyone that would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? I see no hands up, so we have no public comment and public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'm now calling for any commissioner discussion or comments. Any hands raised on the approval of the minutes? Seeing none, I now will bring the motion uh, for 
vote. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed, nay. Motion carries unanimously. I'm now calling agenda item number three, which is general public comment discussion. This item allows members of the public to comment generally on matters within the committee's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for the committee's consideration. We will be taking in person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be put into the public comment queue. Instructions are currently on the screen. We are on item number three, general public comment. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be put on mute once your time is up, but you may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it's 150 words or less, to art-info.sfgov.org. I am now requesting comments from those who are in person. Um, is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? I see no in-person public comment. I'm now requesting public comment from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? And I see no virtual hands, so we have no public comment and public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'm now calling for agenda item number four. Agenda item number four is the director's report. Introducing Ralph Remington, director of cultural affairs. Uh, thank you, President Collins. I'll, I'll start at the top. Say, um, been a little asthmatic this week, so uh, if, I, if I break, it's because I have to cough and maybe take an inhaler. So, just to let you know uh, in advance, I don't have COVID or anything. So, just uh, people know if I start coughing. Um, so, good afternoon. Um, happy Pride Month to everyone. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful end to your May. Uh, with a restful and reflective Memorial Day holiday weekend. Uh, it's hard to believe June is here and we're already halfway through 2023. Uh, it's, um, before I begin this month's report, I just want to uh, note that as mentioned at our last uh, full commission meeting all throughout the month of May in honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, Arts Commission staff uh, highlighted and featured 13 AAPI artists and organizations as part of our hashtag SF Arts AAPI Month social media campaign. And these posts along with our previous Black History Month social media campaign will be archived on our website. Uh, you may also view them all on our Instagram page. And now to start off this month's report, I'd like to share a few highlights from some recent events this past month uh, on uh, Friday, Carolina uh, Fernandez and I uh, attended the visible opening in the Castro. Uh, so Carolina, is, as you all know, is our director of galleries and public programs. On March, on May 6th, I spoke at the Yerba Buena Gardens Festival opening. Uh, the Arts Commission is proud to support this incredible festival that will offer free weekly performing arts programming over the course of the festival's six month season through October. The Gardens Festival and so many events like it are critically important to helping with our city's vitality 
and economic recovery, and more important now than uh, ever, than to help welcome in and draw people back downtown. Uh, I'll also say that I, uh, last week I visited uh, our artist dialogue at our gallery, uh, and that was wonderful too, with all the artists that are currently up in the Baldwin uh, exhibit, and that was a fantastic, really muscular conversation. Uh, really enjoyed attending that, and so well, well done by all the gallery staff, so thank you for that. Uh, on May 24th, we unveiled a new installation at Fire Station 49 in District 10. Uh, Mayor London Breed, Supervisor Walton, Fire Chief Nicholson, and the artists were all in attendance for the unveiling and to celebrate National EMS Week. They actually have a cool little podium too. Uh, their podium that they 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 cart around that that is the bomb. It looks like a little EMS uh, fire truck kind of thing, and it lights up. It has motor like the kid, the little boy in me just came out when when I saw that. But Tyra too, she took all kinds of pictures with her, but. Uh, uh, the work uh, serving the city is by artist Michael Bartolos and is comprised of overlapping stainless steel and painted steel cutouts that reference emblems, insignia, and badges associated with emergency medical response. The installation decorates the entrance and exit gates along the Gerald Avenue and McKinnon Avenue, excuse me. Around Gerald Avenue and McKinnon Avenue, the artist was uh, chosen from a group of five panel panelists, or finalists, I should say, by the Ambulance Deployment Facility Public Art Selection Panel in July 2018. On May 26th, I was invited to give the commencement speech at the St. Paul Conservatory for Performing Arts in Minnesota. That was really uh, great, a great opportunity, and um, always refreshing to see uh, young people coming out and entering our field. Uh, that's uh, just amazing to see, like all these future artists are like coming out and they're gonna, they're, they're the future leaders of, of, of our sector. So very, very um, uh, honored and humbled to be there. A few upcoming arts and cultural events that I'd like to highlight. Uh, the San Francisco International Art Festival opens on June 8th and will run through the 18th. And after three years of pandemic programming, the festival returns this year and will focus on local artists. The 19th uh, annual International Queer Women of Color Film Festival is June 9th to the 11th and will screen six incredible films by LGBTQIA plus people of color at the Presidio Theater. Uh, on June 14th, Frameline kicks off its 47th uh, festival at the Castro Theater. Uh, founded in 1977, the San Francisco International LGBTQ Plus Film Festival is the longest running, largest, and most widely recognized LGBTQ Plus film exhibition event in the world. Uh, SFAC is proud to support this important festival and help to facilitate a grant. I'd also like to note that June 21st is International Make Music Day. Uh, launched in 1982 in France as the Fête de la Musique, Make Music celebrates on the same day in more than 1,000 cities in 120 countries around the world. Uh, many city agencies and organizations are partnering on this day to host a variety of events, and I invite uh, all of our commissioners and staff to join in the celebration and make music in any way that they are able to. We will have uh, a few fun musical instruments for staff to try out uh, with music uh, and make music with uh, others all around the world. And of course, June 24th and 25th is Pride Weekend. 
Speaking of pride, I'm so thrilled to announce that on May 18th at the SF LGBT uh, Center, Mayor London Breed announced San Francisco's first drag laureate, Darcy Drollinger. Uh, and Darcy is uh, planning to be here today, but uh, she had a, a number of events, and so um, so we're, when she comes in, we will uh, we will bring her up to the podium. Uh, it's in partnership with the mayor's office, San Francisco Public Library, and the Human Rights Commission, Arts Commission staff participated in the development of the Drag Laureate program and served on the advisory and selection committee. As part of their many duties, uh, the Drag Laureate will collaborate with the Arts Commission as well as other city agencies and community organizations to produce drag-centered uh, events and programming centered on celebrating and supporting San Francisco's dynamic and diverse LGBTQ community. We look forward to working closely with Drag Laureate Darcy Drollinger over the next 18 months to promote and amplify the art of drag and continue our work to uplift the LGBTQIA community. Um, so thank you, Darcy, and we look forward to working with you. And, and when Darcy, if Darcy is able to join us today, then we'll, we will uh, allow her to come up to the podium and say a few words. On May 15th, uh, the community investments team uh, issued a request for a proposal seeking a consultant to help conduct an arts impact endowment evaluation and community engagement study and to develop the community services allocation plan for the next five years. Uh, the original deadline for proposals was May 31st and uh, has been extended. So new details are being finalized and updated information will be posted to the RFP webpage very soon. Uh, some gallery updates on May 19th, which also happened to be Mark Malcolm X's uh, birthday. The main gallery held an opening reception for Invincible Black Soul, The Art of Barry Witness, a three-person exhibition featuring the works of Mark Harris, Raymond L. Haywood, and Brian Keith Thomas, and explores the work and legacy of influential novelist, playwright, activist, and public intellectual James Baldwin. Uh, this phenomenal exhibition is on view through July 8th. Please be sure to stop by our main gallery soon to check it out if you have not had a chance to do so already. Uh, the main gallery is open to the public Wednesday to uh, Saturday from noon to five. Uh, the gallery staff have put together a fantastic slate of public programming events to accompany the exhibition. Uh, as I told you, uh, an artist talk in the main gallery was held on Wednesday, May 31st, and was moderated by Dimitri Bach Broxton Moads, Senior Director of Education, and was a great event. Uh, Coming up, the galleries team has put together some additional public programming events, including solo and group performances on June 10th and uh, 28th, and a curated walkthrough on June 17th. Uh, the two performances by Gabrielle Christian uh, solo and as part of a trio in collaboration with uh, Jose E. Abad and Nick Kay are largely improvisatory with scores, limitations, and props as containers. They all respond to Giovanni's room and utilize found footage from a cascade of interviews, uh, e.g. Village Voice, PBS, and films, Meeting the Man, like Meeting the Man and James Baldwin in Paris, I'm Not Your Negro, The Price of the Ticket. All programming events take place in the main gallery. Details for all of these events can be found on the exhibition webpage on our main website. Uh, some public Art updates, uh, installation of Hiroshi Sugimoto's Point of Infinity, 
on Yerba Buena Island was completed. Uh, we look forward to the official unveiling ceremony that will take place uh, later this fall once the remaining construction of the park is complete. We will be sure to share official ribbon cutting and artwork unveiling details with the commission once they are finalized. In partnership with SFMTA, public art program staff have launched a public art survey for the future 11th and Natoma Park that is currently in development. The survey is open until June 9th. Uh, answers will help develop uh, community-focused art and artist selection criteria. A community meeting is also scheduled on June 14th. SFMTA and SFAC staff will lead a community presentation on the upcoming public art opportunity. Present a summary of the public art survey results and the incorporate community feedback into the public art project plan. They will also discuss some park renaming. Some HR updates. I'd like to officially welcome back Alyssa Ventry. Uh, and uh, again, I'd also like to thank Interim Commission Secretary Treka Lopez-White, who stepped in to help support the commission over the past six months. Treka, thank you for all your hard work. And congratulations, Alyssa, and the new addition to your family, baby Luca. <laughs> so I'm sure you're going to have a lot of years of joy. So, so congratulations on that. And, um, and now for some staffing updates, I'm happy to share that we have extended an offer to a candidate for our project manager of temporary art and activation position with our public art programs team. Uh, details are still being finalized with HR and we look forward to sharing more about them soon, but anticipate that they will start their new role in August. Um, I'll also let you know that uh, Raleigh Catapang, our deputy director of finance and administration will be taking on a new role, sadly, but good for him. Uh, a, a new role with the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency. It's a promotional role. He got a big promotion. We're happy and proud for him. And uh, he'll be joining their finance team. So congratulations. Uh, his last day with the Arts Commission will be June 30th. I'd like to thank Raleigh for his two years of service to the Arts Commission and wish him all the best in his new role. Uh, we will post a job announcement for this role uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we also anticipate some other staffing changes uh, that will be coming up and we will, um, and there may be some future openings that we will keep you posted on. So that will stay tuned for that. And with that, this concludes the direct report for the June 5th full commission meeting. I'd be happy to take any questions that anyone may have. I'm looking for any raised hands, commissioner discussion or comments on the director's report. Seeing none, I'm going to now ask for public comment on item number four. Is there any public comment on item number four? We will be taking in-person public comments first, so for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star 3 to be put into the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item number 4, the director's report. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during 
A public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I'm now requesting comments from those who are in person. Um, is, any, is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no in-person public comment, I'm now requesting comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no virtual hands, we have no public comment and public comment is closed for this item. Thank you. I'm now calling for agenda item number five, which is the racial equity quarterly report and discussion. I'm now introducing senior racial equity and policy analyst Sandra Pinopio to discuss the racial equity quarterly report. Hello. Okay. Just want to check. Good afternoon, commissioners. I hope you are all doing well. Everyone's here, all present. Thank you. I know you came for me. Um, <laughs> um, well, again, good afternoon and happy Pride Month. It's also my birthday month, and I proudly share it with Pride, but just want to say that. Um, so, as you know, I'm here today to share my quarterly racial equity meeting with everyone. So, yeah, it's been a few months. So, as a reminder, this should go quickly, um, but I do welcome any feedback afterwards. Um, so, as a reminder, our 2023 priorities are um, as follows, and I'll just provide a, a brief um, explanation after each one. So, um, we are continuing with our racial equity action plan. Um, so, this is in its first phase. So, to remind you all, um, the Office of Racial Equity, which is supported by the city, um, has a equity plan that all city departments have created and follow. Um, it's about a three-year plan, although I believe it will be extended because equity and action plans are impacted by the world and everything that happens. And so um, it's not that there's delays, it's just that it takes a lot more time. Um, in terms of phase one, it's definitely internal. And so that's all of us really looking at what's happening in each department and, and particularly in terms of hiring and recruitment. So last month I submitted a progress report to the Office of Racial Equity, which highlighted our hiring and recruitment information and how we standardize our racial equity orientations for staff and commissioners. So I do thank you all um, for those, especially for the new equity uh, for the new commissioners where I've been able to sit and talk to you all about racial equity matters in the agency and really learned about what your own interests are. And so I really appreciate that time. And it's not the first conversation. Um, there will definitely be more, but it was a it's a great baseline for me and for all of us to understand where the Arts Commission currently is at in terms of equity and where we want to go, particularly to support the racial um, racial equity within the arts and culture ecosystem. We like using that word because we're part of that ecosystem and we really want to be um, one of the major forces that's pushing that forward, right? Um, so second is our strategic planning preparation. So the, as we've shared in the recent past, um, we are on in the process of Hopefully, like starting the, the strategic planning process is still in um, contracting, I believe, um, in the new fiscal year. So what I'm doing is I'm supporting the community engagement process, and we will ensure that centering equity throughout is going to be really important. We have a celebrity behind me. <laughs> 
So, um, and so for that, like we do understand that um, as the impact of the pandemic, there's a lot of political, social, and economic aspects of everyday life that needed to be prioritized. And as we embark on this process, um, we should be focused on equity, on serving and understanding what are the communities that have been underfunded, that have been most impacted. And um, we want to make sure that that's front and center um, in the in the process as we plan for the future, as well as really looking at fiscal responsibility and our accountabilities to stakeholders. So as the process is more defined, like as we start to plan for the um, strategic plan, we'll have a better understanding of the role that the commission will play. So during the executive committee I shared um, last month, I provided a brief background on the upcoming community engagement needs and the type of strategy that we're going to need as an agency. So I'm in the process of really developing an institutional public engagement process that's rooted in transparency and trust. It's really a big deal. <laughs> Um, especially when you're really talking to people about what the impacts are, right, in, in terms of communities and how people have been hurt, right, um, for many reasons. So, again, our commissioners are our partners in this process. And so at the point, um, at this point, I'm really conducting preliminary mapping of like arts and culture stakeholders. And what I would want to do in my direct ask for you all is to help us identify organizations and groups. So I will provide the different lists cobbled together over the years of all the groups and artists that we've worked with. And it would be great to see like who you work with, right? So that we can make sure that during the strategic planning process that we're including people for um, people and organizations in terms of participation. Um, and I guess my last two things, and you're going to hear a lot more about this, is like we will talk about the completion of the Mon Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee. Um, I think y'all have this pretty thing, and we'll talk about it more later. But um, in relation to equity, I was active in it because we wanted to make sure that we were definitely getting, trying to reach out to all the audiences, like all the people that have no idea what public art was, right? There were so many people. And so we do admittedly, we had mistakes, right? When we're trying to put out a survey, but these are important lessons learned in terms of how we're going to move forward um, in terms of really understanding like the impact of commemorative art on people's daily lives and what are the outreach and engagement strategies we need to move forward. So it was a great um, experience for us as an agency in terms of our MMAC process. And lastly, I just wanted to share that um, the Arts and Economic Prosperity 6 study, um, which is our contribution to the National Arts, uh, to the, it's a national study. And so it is managed by Americans for the Arts, and its main purpose is to measure the impact of nonprofit arts and culture organizations on the local economy. So this study happens every five years, and we're one of 360 jurisdictions participating nationally. And we have successfully met our city's minimum requirement for audience surveys. So I want to thank all the commissioners that helped with that and provided events and particularly Commissioner Ferris there with some of her events. We had staff out um, and it was really important to really understand. And even though people may not be a fan of surveys, they really provided good information. The information that comes out of this, which will be released next uh, year, 
actually is what a lot of our nonprofits use uh, for funding purposes. So these, this is where we get that big, um, those big numbers of like every time, like every resident spends twenty-seven to hundred dollars on an arts event, right? So this actually helps a lot of our smaller organizations with their funding um, grants and stuff. So we're hoping for that information to come out soon. And yeah, and there's also a collective, um, we're also still collecting the organizational surveys. So it's every organ, arts and culture nonprofit organization submits some information so that um, it's in the, the big information, the data that's collected citywide and nationally for it. So that is all, thank you. Thank you. Before you sit down, I'm gonna ask now, are there any uh, comments from members of the commission? Please. Uh, yes. Um, hi, Sandra. Hello. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the important work that you're doing. Um, it's very appreciated and happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you, President Collins. Uh, thank you so much, Sandra. Um, it's always so informative and, and refreshing to hear all the progress that you've been making. I wanted to call out in case the commissioners missed this, but she is really tapping into us as individual commissioners to really reach out into our own communities, our own collaborators, um, our own constituencies who we serve and who we are among to, to be able to help um, with this project. And so I think it's really important that we all very carefully engage in terms of you know, doing that survey um, to, to tap into this knowledge base, you know, this think tank that we are. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all the work you're doing. Uh, as you know, I serve, I've spoken about this, I serve on the Equity Advisory Council for the Planning Department. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just want to raise this issue because the ongoing challenge we have over there, I understand that you know, you're doing the best that you can to do the community outreach, but the reality of this, there's a lot of communities in this town that are not as easily outreach and you cannot do it going to these events. They yeah. don't come over there specifically the Middle Eastern women artists, they do not come to these events. And mm -hmm. one of my biggest challenges has been to be reaching out, getting their voice. So, and the other one, believe it or not, is actually the women of, uh, the lesbian and trans women of color. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens, and this is, I just wanna raise this with all of you, uh, with, at the Equity Council, Equity Council, we're talking, right? But mm -hmm. what happens is people talk about, um, uh, you know, uh, reaching out and they, they do something, you know, we, we do a lot of checklist, mm -hmm. including the gay community. We do a lot of checklist in the gay community because we have enough, you know, gay men and representation of that, but we don't do the hard work of actually finding the marginalized community within the gay community. So I just want to point that out that we went just because we have gay men represented that doesn't mean the trans women of color or lesbians women of color are being, so I wanna ask us to do that extra step so, and however way you need me to step in to help you with that, I'd be happy to, but I really wanna challenge us to do more than just a checklist because that's what we often end up doing. Thank you. So thank you for all, but that, 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 thank you for all the great work you're doing. I don't want to undermine what you're doing. I just wanna encourage how we can help. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
Thank you. <laughs> thank you, President Collins. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for raising this important, um, really important aspect of the work. And often, I think this is this is why we're here. And thank you so much, the team, and also Sandra for the work you do. I just want to wish you happy birthday month and happy Pride month. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Are there any other commissioner comments or discussion? Seeing none, now may I ask for any public comment on item number five, the racial equity project report. We will take in-person public comments first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx or if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item number five, the racial equity quarterly report. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I am now requesting comments from those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no in-person public comment, I am now requesting comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item remotely? Seeing no virtual hands, we have no public comment on this item and public comment is now closed. Thank you. Director Remington, please. Uh, thank you, President Collins. Uh, so, as mentioned earlier during my uh, report, um, when we were talking about pride, that we we're so thrilled to share that on May 18th at the SF LGBT Center, Mayor London Breed announced San Francisco's first drag laureate, Darcy Drollinger, who is here in attendance. Uh, and uh, to repeat it, to just say that in partnership with the mayor's office, the San Francisco Public Library and the Human Rights Commission, Arts Commission staff uh, participated in the development of the Drag Laureate Program and served on the Advisory and Selection Committee. As part of their many duties, the Drag Laureate will collaborate with the Arts Commission as well as other partner city agencies and community organizations to produce drag-centered events and, pro and programming centered on celebrating and supporting San Francisco's dynamic and diverse LGBTQ plus community. Uh, we look forward to working closely with Drag Laureate Darcy Drollinger over the next 18 months to promote and amplify the art of drag and continue our work to uplift the LGBTQIA community. And with that, I'd like to bring to the podium our new Drag Laureate Darcy Drollinger. Well, thank you, thank you. It is, um, I have to say this uh, position, uh, I was very happy to take it on, but it's immediately turned into so much bigger and brighter um, than I imagined and the opportunities presenting, them, uh, presenting themselves on a daily. So, you know, I, <laughs> it is like I have three jobs. But it is so, so worth it to be the voice um, for the community, not only in San Francisco, but around the globe. 
realizing that this is the first time that this has happened. And, you know, I did an interview on BBC Global the other day and, and realizing all the people and, and communities around the world that are going to hear this and seeing this as a role model. I love that San Francisco did this even before all the rhetoric was happening. Mm -hmm. So thank you for having me today. Um, it uh, is an honor and I, I look forward to working with all of you and making magic happen in San Francisco. I, you know, I'm, um, I'm a, as you, as you may or may not know, I'm a business owner. I own um, the Oasis, which is a cabaret and nightclub on 11th and Folsom. And it is the largest drag owned club in the United States. And it's right here in San Francisco. Wow. And I'm very, very proud of it. Um, I, uh, um, I, started the business with four people. There's four of us all together. And my business partners wanted to retire and I almost retired with them. And I decided, no, I want to keep it going. So I bought them out with investors. And then two weeks later, the pandemic hit. And um, I thought it was the worst decision I'd ever made in my life. And it turned out to be the best. Um, I immediately pivoted. We created um, a program called Meals on Heels, mm -hmm. which was a drag delivery service where we um, partnered with local restaurants around us to help them, as well as having an avenue for the drag performers to be able to continue working and to bring sparkle into people's lives during a really hard time. We also created a, an online streaming, streaming platform for folks, and we were the first people to um, create outdoor dining and drag shows um, outside, which was also um, very, very well received. And still, we almost lost it. And I we did a 12-hour telethon, and we raised a quarter million dollars from people around the world that invested into the club by showing their support. And so it, I was already very much a community-based person, but this really um, took it to the next level. And through that time, it really was about listening to the community and um, when we came back, it was sort of Oasis 2.0, and it was, um, uh, well, it's the same, it's different. And our community, um, both on our roster and in the audience, is so much more diverse uh, now than it was before, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, I then created Oasis Arts, which is a nonprofit arts organization. We're just a year old, but what I was realizing is that I couldn't support enough on my own, the BIPOC, LGBTQ performers, the emerging drag artists, the elders, the um, the LGBTQ elders that um, are just sort of getting swept away and need to be part of the conversation. I couldn't do that enough on my own. So I created the nonprofit. It's still in its infancy, but we're working really hard. We, um, with the help of the San Francisco Film Commission and the Kenneth Raynham Foundation, we opened a um, facility on 4th and Brannan, um, which the lower level can act as a soundstage for um, LGBTQ filmmakers, photographers, things like that. And then we have the offices upstairs for the um, nonprofit arts organization. So I'm very excited to see where we can take that and where we can go and where we can really support um, these programs and these people. I mean, speaking exactly to what you were speaking with, how can we give our um, trans women of color a platform to do their art when in, a, in, a, in an environment where they constantly feel like they are not seen? 
right? But not only just give them a platform, elevate them. Um, I feel like it's it's very important. We have a residency program, we have an elders program. Um, it's uh, which is called legacy, not elders. I like that much better um, because they are they are the trailblazers um, that really have done this before us. So as but as the drag laureate, I've got more. I've got some specific things on top of all of these things that I need to do, and they are some larger events with the community. One of them I would like to um, have happen within the next 18 months is an outdoor festival, which would be a, open to the public. It would be a, a drag festival and, you know, sort of sort of like in the vein of an Oaklash or a wig stock, but something that would bring um, drag artists. And, you know, someone asked me once, what, why is drag important? And I'm like, why is theater important? Why is dance important? Art is a art is drag is an art form and it yes it can it can involve theater it can involve dance it can involve singing all these other um creative expressions but drag looks at things under a microscope and blows them up in this way that you can see perspectives differently and i do think it needs to be understood as its own art form because now it still feels like an outsider art form or people look at it as fluff you know so Big drag festival, but here's what I'd like to do. And I'd like to include also the um, drag story hour people because I think they're under a lot of scrutiny right now and there's they bring so much joy and I've been talking to them um, about incorporating them in this festival, but also have an educational component. And I know it's hard to talk about, but we've done this a lot at my club is can we have active shooter training because it does affect the trans and drag community? Can we have Narcan training for fentanyl overdoses that do happen? Can we have there so we can have a festival that sparkles, but also has takeaways for people um, when they leave? So I feel like that is one thing that I would I would love to work on. I would love to work on. I've commissioned two murals. Um, already through my arts organization, but I would love to, there's so much empty real estate with all of this, everything closed. Let's, let's let um, those, there's beautiful LGBTQ artists out there that I'd love to give them um, space to create. And I have another dream and I know this is real big, <laughs> but I have this fantasy of <clears throat> Taking the old Bed Bath and Beyond store mm -hmm. um, that's just sitting there now, empty on Ninth Street, and turning it into a drag emporium. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> we could have a. I mean, it, it, it even if it's just for a year. If we were able to take that space over, give retail space for all of the makers, the wig artists, the makeup artists, the costumers, and get let them have space maybe even space to work studio space and space to sell you could include a performance space you could even have food for people to stop by it could be this beautiful um uh, experience that not only helps uh, local people become entrepreneurs um, it can also be a great tourist destination. I mean, how many people don't want to come to San Francisco and go to the San Francisco Drag Emporium? I think it would be a triple win situation for everyone involved, and it would help revitalize what is now a ghost town of a mall. I know that that takes a lot of different um, groups of people and a lot of different agencies to make happen, but I think there's a lot of magic in there that can really help the local artists in my community. So. 
I, I do ultimately, I know I'm rambling, but I, I so look forward to working with you. I look forward to, you know, throwing out ideas for you, but I also welcome um, anything you have to talk about, any ideas you have. I love to make things happen. I'm addicted to it. And so um, let's have a great 18 months. And thank you so much for having me today. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Are there any questions or comments or discussions on this? Susie. I got one. Please. <laughs> Commissioner Ferris. Um, Darcy, yeah, it is. Coming back for questions. Uh, uh, it is delightful to meet you. I'm so excited to meet you. And I was so inspired by what you said. Um, firstly, I almost got a little teary. Uh, it is true how important it is to represent coming from San Francisco. I think about how San Francisco values was thrown away, uh, thrown around as like a bad word. Uh, we here know that, um, you know, what that represents, how important that is uh, to shine in our city and to represent that nationally and internationally. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Um, secondly, so inspired too, uh, as a fellow small business owner and a, a fellow, um, addict to making things get done, um, just the work that you're doing in the city. And I would love one first uh, to say dream big, you know, it, it starts with uh, those dreams and how potentially you can collaborate uh, within the city to get these amazing things done. Um, and then two, yeah, I would love to help support you in however I can, uh, especially with the idea of outdoor festivals. I can definitely uh, connect with you and see if we can support you in that. I would sense. love that, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for not only representing drag in, in San Francisco, but drag around the world and reminding people it is an art form um, and it is important uh, that we are reminding people that it's, gosh, I'm gonna get teary again, but, um, I just think about the backlash that that drag has been getting recently and growing up here in San Francisco, it is something that I have always um, looked up to. I mean, y'all are beautiful and the work that you're doing is so, um, I mean, it, I just don't even have words. So I really do appreciate that San Francisco is stepping up and making sure that we're having a voice um, in this discussion right now uh, and not turning our backs like some cities are on our drag um, community. So so thank you for the work that you're doing and I look forward to working with you. Thank you, it's, uh, it does mean so much to me because we work so hard and it is uh, really, really hard to, um, you know, a lot of these people are just barely making it and you have all this negativity coming from around the country, it's challenging. So, yes, and San Francisco is paving the way. Commissioner Carney. Yes, uh, hi, Darcy. Hi. I just want to thank you for coming to the Pink Triangle on Saturday, June 17th. She'll be one of our star speakers, yes. along with the mayor, and she will be um, doing part of the history portion. She'll be giving the history of the Pink Triangle as soon as I can get the script to <laughs> one of your thank assistants. You. So thank you for that. Come on up to Twin Peaks and you can mingle with her in person. Thank you. Yes. Looking forward to it. Am I seeing Commissioner Hakim? I just wanted to, I've never met you. I am so glad that you are the representative that you're, because during pandemic, what you did with Oasis was incredible. And I can tell you from personal experience with people that I was working during that time, 
with um, you brought such joy and hope for a lot of these performers who just suddenly could not work anymore. So thank you for the work. And I want to appreciate that you hired also my favorite artist to do the mural that they did on Oasis. <laughs> because I worked with him for the Moby Dick uh, mural that oh. he put up. <laughs> yes. So thank you for all that you've done. And I look forward to your continued amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions from the commission? <clears throat> We're not taking public comment on this. But thank you very much. And congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm now going to move on to agenda item number six, which are the committee reports and committee matters. I'm calling first agenda item six, sub item one, civic design review committee. Civic design review committee report will be given by Commissioner Kimberly Stryker, chair of that committee. Thank you. There we are. Thank you. <laughs> the CDR committee had only one project in May. Um, it was a phase three review of DPW's proposal for new trash receptacles for across the city. DPW had run a pilot program testing six different models, and they were testing the models for maintenance issues, uh, color, ease of cleaning, et cetera. And uh, the preferred model that they uh, decided on was the slim silhouette, which was a rather handsome model. Um, and they proposed that we pass that at phase three. Um, but Commissioner Carney came with to the meeting with a photo of some uh, of that model. And it had been very badly, uh, the can had been very badly vandalized with graffiti and um, the maintenance of it looked very difficult. And so that prompted quite a lively conversation amongst the commissioners about this can and its maintenance and its costs, et cetera. And the city will be planning to purchase 3,000 of them. So we had concerns and we did not pass the model. We asked instead that the project manager come back with um, some more information to help us address the concerns that they had, that we had. And so we look forward to that. And other than that, um, that concludes my report, unless I have any questions from commissioners. Commissioner Carney. John King from the Chronicle seemed to agree with this and put it on the front page that we were, um, he said it was, the trash cans were delayed, but for not the usual reasons that it was done for things that the general public could probably relate to, more practical reasons. So at least the, the press was on our side. <laughs> any other commissioner comments? I'm now looking for any public comment on agenda item number six, sub item one, civic design review committee report. We will take in-person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening in via WebEx. And please press star three if you're calling by phone to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item six, sub item one. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your comment concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-infosfgov.org. 
I am now requesting comments for those who are in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no in-person public comment, I'm now requesting for those joining us remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? And I see no virtual hands, so we have no public comment and public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'm now calling for agenda item number six, sub item two, the visual arts committee report. I'm asking uh, chair Susie Ferris to please give the visual arts committee report. Thank you so much. President Collins, I'll be giving the visual arts committee report for May 17th, 2023. Uh, we went over and discussed several things and I'll be sharing uh, about 5 things of uh, 5 of those things with you. Uh, so, 1st is uh, the completed artwork node by Roxy Payne was presented. The sculpture is located in the public plaza in front of your Babuena Moscone station at 4th and Clementina street. It stands 103 feet tall and tapers from a diameter of 70 inches at the base to half an inch at its peak. It is now the tallest freestanding sculpture in San Francisco. So uh, if you haven't seen it, please take time, go and check it out. It is uh, remarkable. Yes. And um, as you can see, I don't know if you can tell from these photos, it will definitely uh, cause the public to do this um, and interact with the artwork. Uh, next, we have the final design for Rigo 23's Mission Creek Grizzlies, uh, which was also presented to us. The work is a tribute to the, yep, there we go on the slide. Uh, the work is a tribute to the original wildlife that lived in the area known today as Mission Creek Park. Um, believe it or not, grizzlies used to roam San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, the artist's anthropomorphic, larger-than-life grizzlies prompt us to com contemplate the kind of proximity the animal world shared with the human world before there was a California. Um, I don't know if we have any other slides. One thing I just do want to uh, point out is the um, tiles that they're going to use to mosaic these grizzlies. Uh, they're all hand designed and they're really cool just in how they will have texture and they'll have a 3D component to these tiles and how they come out. Uh, next, we have the 2024 Art on Market Street poster series. Um, we don't, okay, we will just, uh, we don't have a picture of that one because uh, we are just talking about uh, the project plan for next year. The committee approved the project plan and theme for 2024 Art on Market Street po poster series. Next year, the series will be devoted to San Francisco Bay Area native peoples. Artists will have the opportunity to create work, original work, recognizing the history, culture, and legacy of Bay Area indigenous peoples. Uh, one comment I just want to share is uh, we noted that it kind of is almost the um, the practical imp imp uh, implementation of our um, land acknowledgement statement, uh, how we acknowledge um, the indigenous people of the Bay Area as being a very important and integral part of our community. And therefore we're bringing that into how the Arts Commission is also commissioning work. Um, so that they can be uh, show that importance and that integral part of our community in contributing to um, the public art. All right, moving forward, we have um, the Kehinde Wiley uh, project. We, the commissioners also approved um, the Kehinde Wiley as the finalist for the Treasure Island Waterfront Park Plaza. 
and correction, it is not the Kennedy Wiley project. I'm just so excited that he was chosen. Um, it will be such a remarkable landmark in San Francisco, a designation for people to come and visit. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited to see uh, what the work will look like. So Wiley will create a site specific proposal, which he will present to the Treasure Island Art Steering Committee. And lastly, we also reviewed and approved the Monuments and Memorials Advi Advisory Committee's final report and policy changes. You have all received um, a presentation, or no, I'm sorry, we will receive a presentation later this uh, meeting about it, but we've all received one of these packets. And congratulations again on finishing that work. I know it was a long time coming. It was a hard, uh, it was hard work for the people on the panel doing it. So thank you to the staff and to the panel. Um, everybody that was involved. Um, I know it was not easy, but thank you because it was important and necessary. So that concludes uh, the visual arts committee report. Thank you. I'm now looking for any discussion or comments on the visual arts committee report. Commissioner Beltran. Uh, thank you, President Collins. I just wanted to make a comment to um, item number six. Um, the motion is to enter a memorandum of understanding with Kenty Wiley. This is a preliminary um, proposal. It is part of the process um, of whether the um, Treasure Island um, Steering Committee and the development agency is able to um, commission it depending on the costs, <laughs> because that's been a major a limitation in, in, in the past in terms of feasibility and costs and, and scale. So this is not an actual sort of commission. It's it's uh, simply a, um, a member, an MOU to commission him to do a proposal. I just want to clarify that. Thank you. Is there any further discussion on the Visual Arts Committee report? Seeing none, may I ask now for any public comment on this item? We will take in-person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. If you're joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on screen. We are currently on item six, sub item two. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stand the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-infosfgov.org. I'm now seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? I see no in-person public comment. I'm now seeking comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no virtual hands, we have no public comment on this item and public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'll now call for agenda item number six, sub item three, the executive committee report that I will give as the chair of the executive committee. The executive committee's first hybrid meeting occurred on the 24th of May, and it was nice to return in person to discuss a range of projects, updates, and two voting matters. During the executive committee meeting, Director of Cultural Affairs, Ralph Remington, shared a few San Francisco Arts Commission updates on future projects. This was followed by Deputy Director of Programs, Joanne Lee's discussion of the San Francisco Symphony contract for fiscal 24. We were fortunate that San Francisco Symphony 
Senior Director of Community Engagement and Volunteer Services, Marnie Cook, was present during the meeting and was able to provide additional clarity concerning the symphony contract. The approval of the symphony contract will authorize the Director of Cultural Affairs to enter into a contract with the San Francisco Symphony to support a free outdoor concert and live performances at the Davies Symphony Hall during the symphony's 2023 and 2024 season for an estimated amount from the controller's office for fiscal 24-23-24 ad valorem tax of $4,259,460, but not to exceed $6 million. I want to just make sure that we understand that there are fiscal years that are a little bit different between us, the city, and the symphony. So but this all gets reconciled in the actions that we're taking so that it does conform where the money should be in the right fiscal year. We then discussed the public art trust allocation. It was reported by Director of Public Art Trust and Special Initiatives, Jill Manton. Jill shared that the background and policies for of the public art trust allocation, along with the various setbacks um, that contributed to a de decrease in funding. So, however, the director Manton secured a partnership with the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Transgender Historical Society to fulfill the grant agreement requirements by providing an art project honoring the history of the LGBTQ community and the mid-market Tenderloin neighborhood. So this was completing a contract by finding the right agency that could complete the work. Lastly, as we just heard, Sandra Pinopio, Senior Equity and Policy Analyst, shared some of the racial equity updates that you heard today. And we brainstormed, interesting, like both of you mentioned these things, strategies to rebuild the framework of community engagement practices through the lens of racial equity, but general equity, right? Our racial equity is a term that we use, but it's, got, it's a very broad definition. This led us to re-examine partnerships and collaborative opportunities that will amplify the agency's visibility and our mission, as well as, as to discover more opportunities that we could use to increase our support for creators and arts organizations. Any questions or discussion on the executive committee report by the members of the commission? Seeing none, may I now ask for any public comment on sub item number uh, three of agenda item number six? We will take in person public comment first. So, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on screen. We are currently on item six, sub item three. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on screen and receive a 30-second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you will be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it's 150 words or less, to art-info.sfgov.org. I'm now seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make in-person public comment on this current agenda item. 
Seeing no in-person public comment, I am now seeking comments from those remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? And I do see we have one um, hand up on um, item six, sub item three of the executive committee report. So I'll go ahead and pull up the timer. Tina, can you hear us? Tina Aguirre, and I'm the director of the Castro LGBTQ Cultural District. I just wanted to applaud your efforts and share. Hi, my name is Tina with the Castro LGBTQ Cultural District, and I just wanted to applaud your work and share that the district is also available uh, to provide any support for work to augment how the GLBT Historical Society is also partnering with you. And uh, thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We have no other virtual public comment, so public comment is now closed. Thank you. I'm now calling for agenda item number seven. This is the consent calendar, the discussion and possible action. So I'm asking commissioners to. Uh, register any withdrawals or recusals from the consent calendar at this time. This is Commissioner Brenzel. I'll need to recuse myself of sub item three, motion to approve the executive committee meeting, sub item one, the contract with the San Francisco Symphony. Thank you. Any other recusals? Now I would like to have a, a motion. We're going to rearrange this. So, can I ask agency secretary to just give us what we will be voting on in this initial motion, exclusive of item number three? So, Commissioner Brinzel can vote generally. So, would you like to take just um, sub item? Where did it go? Item six, so so we'll vote on sub item number one. So we can go ahead and leave the room. Oh, first off, we are going to do that. Let's, Let's, do, that. Let's do that first. We heard that. Thank you. <laughs> so this is with the exception of item number one. Correct. May I have a motion to accept the uh, to approve the consent calendar with the exception of item number one, the symphony contract. So moved, Commissioner Stryker. And second. Second, Commissioner Beltran. Is there any discussion on this motion? Um, can I have a clarification between the consent calendar and uh, item six, sub item three? Um, so what number is the SF Symphony contract? It's under the, the executive. It's on page six. Under executive committee recommendations, actually. Right, right. And, and you. Where is it in the consent calendar? It's the exception. The exception is item number one. So we're on item seven, right? Yes, we're on item seven, seven. with That's the exception of right. that was in the specific okay. motion. Thank you. Yes. So everything except for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to know what we're voting on. Yes. Are we so Commissioner, um, Commission Secretary Lindsay, would you repeat what this motion then is for? So it's all of the consent calendar except for the single motion 
which is item one under the executive committee, what? which is the symphony. You're, but you're devoting but a single motion right now, right? Yes, everything, oh, yeah. Yeah. everything other than the symphony contract. Right? Is that clear? Well, no. oh, wait. It's the reverse. I'm sorry. Just that one. I'm sorry. Yes. He's gone. The single motion. Yes. Yes. Just the single motion. Right. It takes Californians to figure this out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one single motion. Yes. All right. So we're taking a motion to approve the symphony contract, which is in the consent agenda. May um, do we need any public discussion on that? Yes. So we'll take the motion first. So moved, Shiota. Second, Beltran. So we have them. And then we'll take a public comment. We're taking a public comment on the symphony contract item. Yes. In the consent calendar. So I'll go ahead and read the instructions for the public comment. We'll be taking in person public comments first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item seven, sub item one in the executive committee, the symphony contract. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes, if it's 150 words or less, to art-info.sfgov.org. I am now requesting comments from those in person. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? The single motion. Seeing no in person, um, I'm now requesting comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? I see no virtual hands. We have no public comment and public comment is now closed. So now I can ask for the vote on the motion on the single motion. Yes, on the single motion. All those in favor say aye. 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 Nay. Motion carries unanimously and now we can ask for Commissioner Brinzel to come back and we will be voting on the rest of the. Uh, exclusive of that item. Symphony contracts. Correct. So, would you like to call for a motion for those I'd items? Like to call for a motion to approve the consent calendar exclusive of the symphony contract items. So move, Beltran. Seconded, Hakimi. Seconded, Commissioner Hakimi. <laughs> Do we have any commissioner discussion? Yeah, may I now ask for any commissioner discussion on the balance of the consent calendar? Uh, I have a question. Please. I had a quick question. Uh, just on some of the murals that are not part of, like, I see the, um, it's the Visual Arts Committee uh, item two, um, the Cecil Williams and, and Janice mural. Um, uh, with with those types of murals that are not part of the civic art collection, does um, remediation get? Is that budgeted in there, or is that a totally separate item? And this is just a, a technical question. So, um, it, and who 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 do we pass that to, um, or who who takes care of those kind those types of public art murals? 
Does anyone know? Hi, commissioners. Um, Commissioner Shiota, I just wanted to make sure I understood your question. Um, you're asking about the maintenance of murals that we approve but don't come into the civic art collection. Typically, it's the responsibility of the sponsoring agency or entity that is uh, having the mural installed. And I'm not sure it's in their application, but it's not in the motion. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Sure. I just, again, technical oh, there. Glide, how it's yeah, glide. glide. And can Any I, further commissioners? Yes, discuss? I just wanted to clarify something because that's so off of what uh, Commissioner Beltran said. So item number six under the visual art section, uh, that's just 10,000 just to meet and discuss and see the opportunity. It's not actually for any project. It's just for negotiation. Correct. Just want to make sure. Thank you. Any further discussion? Seeing none, may I have any public comment? On this agenda item number seven, we will be taking in person public comments first. So, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We're currently on item seven, with the exception of the single symphony contract item under executive committee, item one. As a reminder, your time will start. When you begin speaking and you'll see a visual timer on screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I'm now requesting comments for those who are in person. Is anyone? Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? Seeing no in-person public comment, I'm now requesting comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone that would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? Seeing no virtual hands, uh, public comment is now closed for this item. And we can take a motion. May I now have the uh, vote on the motion? All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? None. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. I'm now calling agenda item number eight, which is the Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee discussion. I'm introducing Mary Chu, Civic Art Collection and Public Art Program Director, and Allison Cummings, the Senior Registrar of the Civic Art Collection. Thank you. Great. Hello, commissioners. We're so pleased to be here today presenting to you the outcome of a multi-year process that emerged from the events of June of 2020 when three sculptures were taken down by protesters in Golden Gate Park. Protests were taking place nationally at that time, and municipalities across the country are still grappling with the legacies of commemorative artworks on public property. Uh, next slide. So Mayor London Breed issued a directive to the San Francisco Arts Commission, the Human Rights Commission, and the Recreation and Parks Department to work with community to evaluate our public art and amend our current guidelines around monuments and memorials so that artworks in the civic art collection reflect the values of the city. Next slide. Today we are sharing our process, what we did and how, and what we learned, and recommendations for moving forward. It's my pleasure to turn it over to our senior registrar, Allison Cummings. 
Thank you, Mary, and good afternoon, commissioners. It's nice to be here in person. It's been a while. <laughs> um, so I'm going to begin with a little background. Go ahead, next slide. Um, about the collection. Uh, uh, there are 98 monuments and memorials cataloged in the Civic Art Collection, dating from 1875 to 2023. For the purposes of our process here, we define monuments and memorials as commemorative artworks that are created with the intent of honoring either a person or an event. And the complete list can be found on our website along with a map. 41 of the 98 objects uh, on this list were given to the city before the Arts Commission was created. Uh, we were created by City Charter in 1932. Jurisdictional bodies that typically accepted gifts before 1932 were the Mayor and the Board of Supervisors, and the Recreation and Parks Department was established in 1871, uh, occasionally played a role as well. 89 of these objects were gifts to the city from various entities, including wealthy patrons, community groups, and foreign governments. Uh, the remaining nine objects were commissioned via the Arts Commission public art process or otherwise legislated and paid for by the city. Uh, and a good example of this is the case with the Dr. Maya Angelou monument that's currently being commissioned and anticipated to be installed in early 2024. Uh, 50 of these objects, a little over half the list, are cited on property managed by the Recreation and Parks Department. Next slide. With our partner departments, the San Francisco Human Rights Commission and the Recreation and Parks Department, we created the Monuments and Memorials Advisory Committee, MMAC, with a charge to examine the guidelines we use to manage the civic art collection. The MMAC is co-chaired by our three department heads, Ralph Remington, Director of Cultural Affairs, Cheryl Davis, Executive Director of the Human Rights Commission, and Phil Ginsburg, General Manager, Recreation and Parks Department. Next slide. The composition of the committee uh, is a combination of appointed seats and approved applicants selected by our staff and the committee's three co-chairs in coordination with the mayor's office. The selection process was developed to ensure that the committee was populated by community members with a range of knowledge and experience uh, con and considered the following expertise. U.S. history centered on Black, Indigenous, and people of color uh, communities, San Francisco history, historic preservation, public art, deep experience, uh, and knowledge of BIPOC histories, art, and cultural issues, and racial justice and reparation. Other municipalities have undertaken similar efforts, uh, but San Francisco's approach is unique in its focus on bringing community members to the table and a deep focus on actual policy. Uh, through a competitive RFP process, Forecast Public Art was selected to facilitate MMAC meetings, as well as opportunities for community comment and develop recommendations for the Arts Commission to take in future phases of this work. Next slide. So the MMAC process forecast began work on the project in September 2021. Uh, seven MMAC meetings and two community meetings were facilitated over the course of the project timeline. Can you get the next slide? The committee began by developing a set of grounding principles, which served as a focus set of values that ultimately informed what needed to be evaluated, uh, re-evaluated and improved uh, in the Arts Commission's policies and guidelines. Uh, this is the uh, list of the final grounding principles that was carried throughout the process, power, complexity, justice, and representation. You can look at these in more detail in the report, which you have a copy of in front of you, and is also available on our website in a digital version. You can go back to seven, please. Uh, so the committee then proceeded to review uh, and provide feedback on the policies and guidelines 
that the Arts Commission operates under, and then also develop additional recommendations. The committee assisted in development and implementation of a community outreach plan, then incorporated community feedback into the final amendments of the policies and guidelines and the additional recommendations. Okay, next slide and next slide. Awesome, thank you. So uh, applying our findings, the, um, oops, excuse me. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so community engagement opportunities uh, for this project included two public feedback sessions, dedicated phone and email lines for the public to submit comment, and community-wide survey conducted in English, Spanish, Filipino, and Chinese. A total of 36 community members attended the public feedback sessions, 24 uh, public comment responses were collected via email and phone, and the community survey garnered uh, 679 responses. The survey contains six multiple choice questions with uh, options for additional comments and six fill in the blank uh, and short answer questions. Respondents had an option to provide demographic information, but it was not required. While the overall demographics collected from the respondents are in line with the breakdown of San Francisco's overall demographics, there's still more work to do to engage with communities not represented. Specifically, we need to be more varied in our approach and tailor outreach to the unique needs of certain communities in order to prioritize underrepresented voices. Uh, Sandra touched on this a little bit in her racial equity um, update. Data from the surveys show that there are variable solutions, and each monument or memorial needs its own evaluation process. There's no one-size-fits-all approach. A majority of the respondents conclude that each monument and memorial should be addressed on a case-to-case -case basis, and that there is no one action that should be taken for all monuments. Respondents were most interested in an approach to monuments and memorials that takes into account complexity. There is a fairly equal distribution of preferences for removing harmful monuments, better contextualization of existing monuments, and inclusion of new monuments and memorials. Respondents are curious about rethinking the time frame for display of a monument and memorial, and some push back against the idea that these works need to be approached as permanent. Many respondents shared sentiments that monuments and memorials depicting violence towards Native and Indigenous peoples as a theme are not acceptable. Okay, so the survey data, the community feedback, MMAC meetings, and research uh, informed the proposed amendments to the city civic art collection policies and guidelines and a set of additional recommendations from the committee. Next slide. Okay. So the original charge to the committee to uh, MMAC was to amend our policies and guidelines that govern our work. Uh, actions surface during the process that are not possible to reflect in the policies and guidelines. So an additional list of recommendations was developed as an action plan to guide our future work. The recommendations include taking a holistic approach to evaluating the civic art collection, building awareness around the collection and our processes, rectifying current power imbalances, and engaging the community in a sustained and relevant way. Recommendation number one is to review and evaluate, develop a funding strategy to carry out the recommendations. Step one, <laughs> uh, conduct an equity audit of the monuments and memorials in the Civic Art Collection. And then in engaging and build awareness, develop a standardized communications process with community members. We learned a lot from this process and um, there's a lot more that we can do. Utilizing results from the equity audit, build awareness with members of the public about the complexities of the monuments and memorials in the collection actively work with the community to reimagine what monuments and memorials can do and be. 
in regards to the power imbalance, rectify the power imbalance within the collection as related to communities reflected, stories being upheld, stories intentionally erased, locations of monuments and memorials, and the artists who are creating the artworks. Utilizing the equity audit, begin to address individual monuments and memorials in the collection, prioritize the disposition of the works that were removed from view in June 2020. Dedicate funding to new permanent artworks, contextualization of existing monuments, and temporary projects that, instead of centering white supremacy, patriarchy, and colonialism, center voices and stories that have been shared throughout community listening sessions and have not historically been prioritized and are important to the history and identity of San Francisco. And finally, sustain future engagement, establish an interagency city task force to actively audit monuments and memorials in the Civic Art Collection on a prescribed basis moving forward. Next slide. Okay, so um, amendments to the Arts Commission's policies and guidelines are specific to two sections of the document. Uh, this screen is this slide is a screenshot from our website. Our entirety of our guidelines are on our website. Um, if you care to uh, uh, look at them in detail, and as a function function of this process, we were making am am amendments to Section Five. This is the acquisition of artworks through gifts because the majority of monuments and memorials are gifts. And then also section seven, which is collections management, deaccession, removal, alteration, and destruction policies and procedures. Uh, the major changes to the policies and guidelines include integrating additional community input prior to, prior to making decisions, as well as considering cultural harm in the assessment of, of a current monument or memorial. Next slide. Okay. So this graphic, and this is my last slide, <laughs> this graphic, and it's in the, the report as well, shows that amendments to our policies and guidelines um, have a direct impact on the way the process and procedures we use to actually actively manage the collection. So this is a portion of the existing process we use when considering a deaccession, removal, alteration, relocation, or destruction of an artwork. And proposed changes are shown here in bold and in color. So the typical process would take the form of um, the Visual Art Committee would, may receive a request for a removal, uh, and then it would direct the Arts Commission staff to produce a report. Um, this report includes a number of items, but we have added to the process um, under community opinion for monuments and memorials, a, pub a public outreach plan is necessary as a function of this process. Under related professional opinions, community members are included in that dialogue. Uh, and then under history for monuments and memorials, symbolic impact of location should be analyzed as well as social and well-being aspects. These are all new additions. We would present this re uh, report to VAC, and then the report is brought to full commission. Uh, one additional change we are looking at in this process would be um, if an alteration, modification, or destruction of an artwork is being considered, we've added criteria under which this would be a valid response. And that language includes if the work is a threat to social and mental well-being, historical harm, upholds tenets of white supremacy, patriarchy, and or colonialism. So all of the changes proposed to the guidelines are included in the explanatory document that's also in the agenda. You can see the red lines. Um, and that's as a part of this meeting. And on that note, Thank you, Allison. So just a quick note, commissioners, that this is a discussion item, not a motion, which was actually taken under item seven. 
And now I'd just like to take a moment to thank all of those who participated in this process. To our co-chairs for their leadership, to our NMAC members for their insight, their outreach to communities, and for engaging in difficult and oftentimes painful conversations. To our stellar consultants from Forecast Public Art, Jen Krava, who is sitting behind me, and Mallory Nizam, and our local community outreach consultant, Anna Lisa Escobedo. And last but certainly not least, to our staff, in particular, our working group who met weekly with our consultants during this process, Senior Racial Equity and Policy Analyst Sandra Pinopio, Communications Director Komate, and Senior Registrar Allison Cummings, whose expertise and care in the collection has been an invaluable asset in moving this work forward. Um, and then Commissioner Collins, um, I'd like to invite Jen Krava, and we also have an MAC member in the audience um, to speak on behalf of the process whenever you choose. I think that would be the time. Great. Well, while you're fussing about that, it's nice to see both of you. <laughs> we, we saw each other virtually during the process, uh, but it's good to see you all here in person. So, yeah, will you take the mic, Jen? Hi, commissioners. I'm so happy to be here with you today, and I just want to give a huge shout out to Mary and Allison for all the work and, and all the work that the staff has done, um, but also to the MMAC members because they are just a phenomenal group of people that, as was said, went through some pretty difficult conversations. Um, but I think what we came out with was, was really forward thinking. This is the very beginning of the work. There's a lot more to do, um, but I think it's all really important. And the notion that there's sustained community engagement as part of Monuments and Memorials in San Francisco is a really important, really, really, really important part of the plan. Um, as was said before too, there are other communities in the country who are having these conversations and putting out reports, but none of them are addressing concrete policy. So I think as again was said, there's a lot of change that's gonna happen specifically because we're looking at the policy, which is what's used to make decisions, right? So thank you all for your support in all of this. Um, thank you again to staff and MAC members and the co-chairs of the MAC committee. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner. Anyway, welcome back to your meeting. <laughs> I know you're going to say something new to the commission. Um, this is a commissioner who has never less left us in our hearts and in our minds. And so it's good to see you in front of us. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. And I actually expedite my speech by 30 seconds. So I am Lydia. So um, and good afternoon, all commissioners. I'm an architect and a historic preservation commissioner. As a former fellow arts commissioner, I'm really happy to see you all here again today. I'd like to express my deep gratitude and heartfelt congratulations to the Arts Commission, Director Ralph Remington, Mary Cho, Allison Cummings, and many more of our team members today uh, for taking a leading role in establishing a groundbreaking city and county-wide guidelines for our memorials and monuments. And thank you to our mayor, Rec and Park, and the Human Rights Commission for trusting me to serve on the advisory committee. This important step not only demonstrate a commitment to honor our diverse history, 
but also recognizes the need to address this historical marginalization and underrepresentation of certain people in histories. By acknowledging the detrimental impacts of white supremacy, colonization, patriarchy, genocide, and slavery, we can begin to rectify and the injustice of the past and create a more inclusive future. It is important to consider the mental health and well-being of communities members, particularly those who have been affected by the artwork's historical and cultural context or the lack of. The power of public art should harness to promote healing, empathy, and unity. So in order to ensure the success of these efforts, it is essential to develop a culturally appropriate public outreach plan that actively engages and involves all communities within our city by approaching different cultural groups with respect and understanding. We can foster meaningful dialogue and collaboration. This inclusive approach will allow us to collectively shape the narratives of our shared histories and promote a sense of belonging for everyone. As a Chinese, Asian American, and a representative of our heritage, I am grateful for this important milestones and hopeful for the positive impact it will have to our community. By telling our stories and embracing a more comprehensive understanding of history, we can strengthen our cultural fabric and pave the way for a more equitable and inclusive society. Thank you. Um, this would be the time for discussion. Is there any discussion from? I'm seeing those mics. Up. Okay, let's let's start here with Hakimi. Who else? Um, do you want to start? Remarks start. first. Yeah. Okay, remarks first from the director. So. Uh... I have a few remarks. Thank you, first of all, for everyone who spoke. Um, thank you for your dedication, for your erudite wisdom, for your um, tenacity and your integrity throughout this whole entire process. That's everyone involved. Uh, first, want to talk. Uh, thank the mayor, uh, London Breed, for even embarking on this effort and allowing us um, the opportunity to have these expansive conversations. Um, and they were tough, as alluded to earlier, there were some tough conversations, particularly in the early going, um, some deep, 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 uh, discussions and some deep pain expressed. Um, want to thank the forecast, uh, team and, uh, consultants, uh, all of them, they were amazing and wonderful. Uh, just want to thank the staff, uh, just. For the incredible amount of work and integrity that they displayed throughout the entire process, led by Mary Chu, uh, Allison Cummings, uh, Comate, Sandra Pinopio, uh, obviously, uh, many of them, uh, including Mary, overseen by Joanne Lee, our deputy director. Uh, just amazing, amazing work. Uh, and our support team of Alyssa Ventry, Traca Lopez White, and Paris Coates, uh, who supported these efforts in various uh, ways. Um, and thank you, Lydia, so for your for coming here today and your testimony. We really appreciated that. That was heartfelt and true. And uh, thank, thank all the MAC members, including our illustrious president, uh, Chuck Collins, uh, who was amazing on the panel as he usually is, uh, with his comments and thought and wisdom. And um, 
And just want to say this is um, a great effort at uh, striking down and dismantling, helping to dismantle white supremacy and erasure of uh, societies and peoples and cultures. And hopefully we can start to address this in a meaningful way now that we have some policy, <laughs> some brand new spanking policy around it. So, uh, so, so thank you so much for everyone, and we really appreciate all the efforts. Uh, so, with that, thank you, President Collins. So, in this order, Hakimi, Beltran, Shelby, and Ferris. Oh, thank you, Commissioner Brenzel. And Stryker, okay. I, I just wanted to thank you all because I've been talking about this, and I just want to appreciate your intentional way in which you're doing this. I think intentionality being responsibility. And I really want to appreciate the work that you're doing. And I, I, and I want to point out this conversation, as I said, I'm having at the, with the Equity Council, you know, we use this word inclusive, but inclusiveness without being equitable is just a checklist. I just want us to really think about that because all these, I know we represent a very diverse community city, but even within that communities, there's also cultural and historical experiences that they all deserve visibility. So I really want to thank you for your intentionality again. So I look forward to what you're doing and I look, I'm very proud to be part of this at this very moment in time. So thank you. Mr. Belchin, Shelby Ferris. Uh, thank you, President Collins. And I also wanted to echo everybody and uh, first of all, tell you just how, what enormous gratitude I have. And I know that the entire commission shares for the work that you've done and in particular your, your role as well, um, President Collins in leading that um, leading this, as you all recognized, what um, what can institute and and prompt change is action, and I think in particular the fact that our commission and this is one of the things I'm most proud of with our commission were quite literally pioneers with the pioneer monument in terms of taking down uh, that statue as a national statement about how it was wrong and it should be taken down and it was um, it was continuing to produce you know a, a racist narrative and and doing that influenced so many people around the country to do the same and and I feel that that I think was one of my proudest moments with being part of this commission and we are now following that up because the way to make change is through policy and is through legislation and I and I love in particular that you pointed out that this wasn't just some group that was convening and, and sending out questionnaires and deciding, you know, what do, what do we need to look at? You actually have an amended statute in here with red things crossed out and blue things added in. And I have to say, I, I feel kind of bad because we've had a kind of detailed meeting and the whole time I was like devouring this like a novel, <laughs> like, oh my God, and I've read it from cover to cover. Um, because I was so excited and, and read everything in detail. And in particular, um, Tandem Creative and Mail. oh my God, they rock. This is the most beautiful, this is the most beautiful report I've ever seen produced from the commission. And, and it is so strong and so storytelling. This, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I sometimes you read these reports and you're kind of falling asleep. But no, this one, it's, it's like the, the graphics. <laughs> And and just the language and, and everything was just so compelling and beautiful. And the storytelling skills in this, I, I think, are brilliant. So I just wanted to point that out as well. 
as someone who teaches graphic design. Someone who is a lawyer. Shelby. Yeah, I'm just going to echo the thanks um, to everyone who worked on this report and working on this project in, in particular. Um, it's been a big part of um, my experience here, just kind of following um, this movement. I'm so thankful to be a citizen of San Francisco, <laughs> to live here, to be uh, on the forefront of these changes. On the earlier today, we we uh, met the new drag laureate. Mm -hmm. That's not happening nowhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, the reevaluation of these racist narratives that have been plaguing our city. Um, the thing I like is that we didn't go well. We don't have Confederate statues here, so we don't have we we don't have to mm -hmm. do any work. No, we had to really look at our geography, our history, mm -hmm. our unique situation uh, to align ourselves with righteousness. And, um, and, you know, I know this is the beginning and there's a lot of work to do, but we're doing that work. I think my question was answered earlier. I asked, um, I wanted to know, well, I know there's, depending on where you are in the country, whether in Texas or the deep south or the southeast, um, was there a robust uh, sort of cities, whether they were cities or on the state level, uh, that were doing the work that you all are doing is it something that we can learn from? Is it something that we borrow from? Is it something that uh, is important, even if it's a different, um, you know, even if it's about specifically just Confederate statues as opposed to the history that we have here? And I believe the answer was yes. I think I heard the answer. Right. So is this a call and response or are we yeah. simply? So thank you. Oh, I'm just going to say, uh, yes, other communities are doing work. Uh, uh, similarly, we looked at work that New York uh, City had done in 2018 ahead of the summer of 2020. So it was relevant, but, you know, a lot changed at that point um, in, in, in modeling this work. But at the back of the report, there are a lot of um, mm -hmm. uh, resources that show other cities and the work that they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and very in 65. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Ferris, Brinzel, and Stryker. Thank you, Commissioner, uh, President Collins. Um, and again, thank you guys so much for your work. Uh, I am sure this was difficult, and then that you put it together in something that is so beautiful and easy to read um, is amazing. So, my one um, comment, and I know this came up at the Visual Arts Committee with um, Commissioner McCoy. And I know this is something that we've discussed many times uh, has come up in our commission as well. Um, and it does play into what um, Sandra was talking about with racial equity in San Francisco. This map first is awesome. <laughs> it's great to look at. I just like look at everywhere and where it's what. Uh, but it's also very poignant when you see the map in terms of what we've talked about, where the clusters of uh, public art are. Mm -hmm. And we know why they're there. Um, it makes sense in Golden Gate Park. Those were put there in the building of the park. Um, and downtown, that's part of, uh, you know, the legislation and where the public art can go. Um, but, you know, I know that that you guys are working on how can we get this so that when we look at this map, it's just like, sprinkled randomly all over the city, you know, and there's polka dots everywhere of public art. Um, I almost see like, how can we get it in every commercial corridor, not just one or two in each neighborhood, but where all of our uh, citizens and, and our kids are going to see it. And I think about the um, 
you know, the research about how art really does affect people, how it affects children in their long term outcome, uh, just seeing it having it in their neighborhood. So um, I encourage you guys, and I know you guys are doing that good work, but again, how really can we create policy? Um, I know the legislation thing can be a little sticky because we don't want to mess with the funding that we're getting, but how can we create the opportunity to get that art sprinkled all over the city so that it really does have that impact on everybody that lives here? And thank you guys again. Uh, Commissioner Brinzel and then Commissioner Stryker. Great, thank you. Um, plus one to all the thanks. Um, I have a question. It's kind of maybe a governance policy question, um, and I'm excited about the changes in the policy. I assume that that's a policy that the staff implements. Is that correct? Just that's generally speaking. And then the recommendations, the four sort of recommendations, are is the Arts Commission the folks who the recommendations come to, and did we adopt those that we're now responsible for sort of carrying those out, or are they for the MAC committee, or who who is responsible for the carrying out the recommendations? I'll take this one. Yeah. So these are recommendations that we as an arts commission would like to carry out, but it's all pending funding okay. um, and having a budget in order to do that work. Thank you for clarifying. That's perfect. Great, thank you. Thank you. Um, first of all, thank you for this incredible work. It's it's a it, it's astonishing because it's so difficult and complex, and so just honoring that. Um, but I also want to say, as we're looking back at the work that you've been looking back at, I also want to look forward and um, acknowledge even today in our meeting today at the work that we do now. Mm -hmm. And that work is about lifting people up in so many ways, lifting people up who see the work, lifting people up who do the work, lifting people up who are trying to facilitate the work that helps express all of us mm -hmm. as a myriad of values and a myriad of voices and talents and flavors. And I just want to end my thinking today with that lifting up which is something that I'm very proud of, of what our organization, our agency does. So. Thank you. Thank you, President Collins, and thank you, Commissioner Stryker, and everyone. Thank you so much for everyone being here. Um, uh, I'm echoing um, Commissioner Shelby. I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to serve with um, with everyone here, and I just want to say thank you so much to the team and um, really like the the extension of the team, uh, like Lydia and see you the the work you do. Um, I was literally walking by on the weekend and I saw uh, a bunch of high schoolers looking at one of the statue on Market Street. Um, and I just want to give you a feedback. I recently met a bunch of historians coming from New York and um, they were asking, so what kind of work do you, do you guys do? And I said, well, you see all the statues and also the artworks in the in the. Um, in the airport, um, and, and she took a lot of photos and she said, oh, this is all arts commission. Um, and this is from the arts uh, art historian. She said, you guys rock. <laughs> that this is, I just want to pass it to the team. She said, you guys rock. This is, I'm from New York. She said, this is, this is um, seriously world-class work. 
And I wanted to pass it to the team. And thank you so much, um, every each one of you being here and people who are tuning in. So thank you. Any other? I, I would like to just add just a, a little piece here. And that was um, picking up on what Commissioner Stryker said. There was a mountain of um, a kind of expression of our histories. And to understand how broad and specific our history is here in San Francisco. Um, and, to, and to really open that conversation from the lens of this region. As was said, we looked at other cities and their histories have embedded in them other narratives that are very important. Chicago is different and what happens there. But the other point is we're moving forward. And I was always um, having a discussion about what defines a monument and what defines a memorial. We've not settled that. I, I, I was not uh, convincing in, in my argument. But a part of it is that in my mind, a monument is something that you mourn. It is, it is a grievance to history. Uh, it is where we place those things. That is the Lincoln Monument. It is not a victory. The Civil War was a place of mourning. Uh, victories, victories are still emerging from that war. On the other hand, a, 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 a monument, you know, a memorial is, is that grieving. A monument is something that is celebratory, right? And I think that as we looked at in, in some of our conversations, the, the pride that we have about our narratives in San Francisco, what we have discovered, what we have embraced that influences the world. And I think that this is a world of opportunity for us to be able to find creative expressions around that from this particular lens. It's also interested that this work is centering the work that uh, Sandra Pinopio leads for us. And we're about to go into strategic planning. So what, what Ralph has done is to give it is give us these different tools that we now have an opportunity to assemble in the future vision of where we're going to take through policy, right? But also through opportunities that we will project, you know, both in the in the monument side and also in the memorial side. I think it's important to keep those lanes clear so that we can really get to when we need to talk about you know, the history of grievance, we need to talk about that. But when we also look at the history of victory, we should talk about that too. And that's still where the work lies. But I do think that, you know, what, what has happened here is that we are really endowed now with great opportunities Amen. and great resources to assemble in a vision that we'll carry forward for the next five, 10 and, and Many years ahead. Mm -hmm. Any other commissioner discussion before we ask for any public comment on this report? I just have one Please, comment to um, tie in actually to what Commissioner Liu was saying. And in addition to this beautiful um, uh, catalog that you made for this mm -hmm. uh, specific project, is there a possibility just to plant the, uh, the seed to put all of um, all of the arts commission work like all of our public art into a publication so that people can actually see and appreciate the breadth of the work that the arts commission does and that san francisco has i know it's it would be like this big um, <laughs> but nonetheless i i mean this is so uh remarkable and i think this is so impressive 
And as you were saying, Commissioner Liu, um, a lot of people don't know what the Arts Commission does and doesn't have an understanding of the breadth of the work that you guys do. Um, so how can how can we let them know? <laughs> That's my last comment. Well, thank, thank you. you. Commissioner Benzel. Thank I you. Mean, um, thank you for the comments. I just, everything everyone said right on, but I have to say it's the first time I saw this. It just was up, up on my desk and I'm new and I'm saying this is so friendly. It just, yes. you could look at it. Yes. I wasn't able to read it all like right now. <laughs> Someone did, but something I want to do. But also I want to address that it's a positive thing for the city mm -hmm. and we're missing that. We get so many things about our city, but this is needs to be like, go to the highest mountain at the mm -hmm. pink mountain and shout out that we got this. This is the beginning of something. That's right. And we can't forget that. I mean, it's just so powerful. Just what I saw, whoever laid it out. I'm a huge fan of art. It just so it's like I'm a fan of windows in San Francisco and Union Square, which we have to work on. But this is just so eye friendly for someone like me. And it's just, you know, it's just something good in the city that needs to get out there and word like Instagram it. I'm going to Instagram heck out there. I just think it's this is what we do. And it's just. Very, I'm very proud to be on this. Um, today made my day. Yeah. So thank you. I just want to say that. So, um, we we're having this discussion. Would you like to take the mic for a couple of seconds and talk about your role on the Monuments and Memorials Task Force? Apologies, Sure, Susa, everyone, the uh, executive director of the American Indian Cultural District, who is also a member of MAC. Welcome, Shreya. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Um, I guess my for hello for those of you who don't know me. My name is Shreya Siza, Tatatals Pulwiyun Kiowa, and I'm the executive director for the American Indian Cultural District. Um, my role really on the MMAC is to act as a liaison to our community to make sure the surveys get out and to make sure, you know, along with our other Native folks on the on the MMAC, that Native voices are heard and not eliminated. You know, if we even look at the findings, even the final report in the MMAC, people identified Abraham Lincoln as a top monument. And if any of you sitting up there know or don't know about Abraham Lincoln, he was one of the presidents that actually paid for the extermination of American Indians under his rule. Thousands of American Indians were exterminated and funds, over $200,000 of funds from California were actually came from the federal government down to the state. So that just lets you know the level of education, even the folks on the MMAC and people who are taking the survey really don't have about the history of genocide against American Indians and some of the impacts of our civic monument art collection. So uh, honored to be here today. I think a uh, great report. <laughs> I didn't get to give final feedback. Um, I'd say there's definitely some things that I want to flag, but overall, I'm really happy this happened. Uh, grateful for working under Director Remington and everyone and getting genocide on there because what may be one person's hero to start the state of California, which we're founded on, was genocide. And to some people, that's your hero for your state. And for others, it's a bloody, painful history. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Mrs. Uh, I, 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 would, I would also say, not, not for you, but, uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, I would also say that in in agreeing with uh, Shreya and her remarks about Abraham Lincoln, you know, who's up to Lincoln, he wouldn't have freed the slaves, and he said that. Uh, you know, if he could have maintained the Union without freeing the slaves, he would have done it. And he didn't have any allegiance to black folks, so the fact that he is being being lauded in this country is something to be examined. Uh, the Lincoln legacy, while 
African Africans who were enslaved would not definitely owe a debt for that. They there's more that's owed to African Americans as a result of that, and that Lincoln is getting um, his praise is over exaggerated for what his accomplishments were actually were. So, in my opinion, I would say so. So, thank you for those remarks. I agree, President Collins. Any other further commission comment? Now, any public comment, please. We will be taking in person public comments first. So, for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the public comment queue. Instructions are on the screen. We are currently on item number eight. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30 second audible warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period of today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes of the 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I am now requesting in person comments. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? Seeing no in-person public comment, I am now requesting public comment from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current items? Seeing no virtual hands, we have no public comment and public comment is now closed. And we can move to item number nine. So now we're on agenda item number nine, which is new business and announcements. And this allows us to look at any current administrative, budgetary, legislative, and programming developments and announcements. So I'm asking for any commissioner comments or discussions on new business and announcements. Mindful that we also have the memorials that we are going to be reading at the end of the reading of the uh, meeting. Thank you. Commissioner Beltran, Commissioner Carney. Thank you, President. Commissioner Hakimi, thank you. Mine is very quick. Um, I just wanted to um, announce that my um, design class, which I teach to design exhibitions, uh, gallery exhibitions, um, were finalists uh, to present their work um, at a, um, a bio design challenge, which is you know what we, our exhibitions are about in New York. And San Francisco State University um, is paying for 12 students to go to New York for this five-day conference, of which over half have never been to New York before. So I couldn't be more proud of my students. Congratulations. Commissioner Carney. Yeah, I have two announcements. Um, one is the Pink Triangle, which we briefly discussed. It's a, um, it's a giant um, in-your-face educational tool, and that's why it's up on Twin Peaks. It's a reminder and a warning of, of what can happen. Mm -hmm. So we um, super, it's actually great it's happening on the same day as this, because it's a, um, we supersize it and use it as, as a teaching tool. It's one of the most negative symbols ever. And, um, you know, it's a giant, um, highly visible yet moot reminder of inhumanity. And it re recalls one of the darkest chapters in human history, the Holocaust. And um, we teach it, um, we teach what it is, and we try and prevent such hatred from, from happening again. And we are the only city in the world that has, during its Pride Month, a giant pink triangle on Twin Peaks. 
And it's there mainly to help prevent that kind of hatred from happening again. So negativity can be used as, as a teaching tool. And um, I, one of the aspects that I love about it the most is that families bring their children from as far away as Modesto and Livermore to learn to meet, learn about the Holocaust and meet gays one on one as real people. And so it brings everybody together and it serves of this valuable lesson. So we start the program each year by um, a history of the pink triangle that Darcy Drollinger is going to give this year. And that will be followed by current day examples of that same kind of hatred that still exists, including um, Uganda, where they have the new Kill the Gays bill, where you can get 20 years in prison for um, same-sex relations, and you can get the death penalty for so-called aggravated homosexuality. We'll be talking about um, Afghanistan and the LGBTQs that are trapped there with the Taliban under control. We'll also be talking about the anti-drag and anti-trans aspects that are going on nationwide with um, drag legend um, Donna Sashay speaking about the drag aspect. And uh, the president of San Francisco Pride, transgender woman um, Suzanne Ford will be speaking about transgender hatred and about being a scared child in Kentucky, only dreaming of what could happen in San Francisco. And now she's a community leader here in San Francisco. And then we have various elected officials who will be speaking. So we go from a very somber introduction to a very um, lively reminder of how far we've come. We'll have lots of elected officials. We'll have the um, official band of San Francisco, the Lesbian Gay Freedom Band playing, along with cabaret star Leanne Borghese. So it's a really fun workday event for on four different workdays. We have Friday and Saturday, um, the 16th and 17th. We have this coming weekend when we clean up the hillside, and then we have July 1st when we take it down. And all of that is on the website, thepinktriangle.com. And um, so it's a fun event, and you get one of these. Everyone who shows up, mm -hmm. I've got about 500 people have signed up so far. Anyway, and you get one of these fashionable Pink Triangle t-shirts. So we all wear our, everyone's required to wear it. You have to sign a waiver when you arrive from the city. And I have to have a few million dollars in insurance as well. <laughs> but before you can go on the hillside, you have to put this on because we wear our pink triangles out of camaraderie for those who were forced to wear them during the Holocaust. And that's part of the, of the whole learning experience. And um, part of appreciating and understanding any pride is knowing where we've been. And the pink triangle is exactly where we've been. And like I said, it's a giant warning of what can happen again. And we see what's happening in legislatures. There are currently 500 bills pending across the country with anti-gay legislation proposed even today. So they see our victories, so they try and um, reverse them. So the fact that there's so much vitriol this year to me means that we're doing something right if they're really going on the attack. And on a personal note, the all of the um, positive LGBTQ um, Things that we've heard today, this whole meeting with with Darcy and every everything everyone's mentioning, um, you know, Pride Month, etc. What a contrast it is from when I first came here 42 years ago. My first architectural job in downtown San Francisco was the day after the Pride Parade, and we had a meeting that day to discuss, you know, the use of civic spaces. And two of the principals in the firm got up and talked about the abhorrent pride parade and that they hoped no one, none of the workers were offended by what they saw. 
And that, anyway, now 42 years later, I'm in City Hall with the pink triangle T-shirt. <laughs> that was quite a reversal. So I hope you can come then. And then my second announcement is the National AIA Convention is happening this week. And I'm giving a tour of this building. <laughs> it sold out instantly. I checked on the roster to see how many San Franciscans were on it. And there are none. And there are none from anywhere in California because it became online quicker in the East Coast. So it completely sold out. <laughs> so um, I worked on this building for four years. I was the project designer for the lead firm of the joint venture of 28 firms that restored this building and was the team liaison to Willie Brown and would take him on hard hat tours of the building. Anyway, so this is my third national AIA convention of giving tours of this building. And just an example of the things that are covered, a lot of you might not realize that the third and fourth floors of this building were the county courthouse until that, that period. It's now, it's 25 years since the restoration's been done. So what we tried to do is respect um, the architecture, these courtrooms that we're in, only four of them are used for public access now. They're the commission hearing rooms. And we used um, all of the historic material that we could from the restoration, the judges' fronts. This wall here is made out of judges' fronts. The, these are 100 years old. Oh, wow. Um, all the dioceses, um, the balustrades in the other hearing rooms were taken from judges' fronts. All of the seating from, from the... Um, from the courtrooms as well. The building was slathered in 1950s and 60s acoustic tiles on all the walls. So we use stretch walls for the sound attenuation. We uh, have new lighting. There were fluorescent lights everywhere. The carpets were, were ridiculous. This is a nine, this is an eight, late 1880s design by William Morris. Just as the City Beautiful movement was coming out. And as you'll notice, there's sort of um, some flowers in them that are the dahlia, the, the city flower. I'm sorry that I've gone over. No, I, I just, I, I so appreciate your comments. Um, it's difficult to manage the chair mm -hmm. because I know how important these comments are. Um, often you, what you can do is to give us a reference point. Okay. If we can come back and see, because I want to make sure that we have adequate time. Sure. We're going to be reading memorials at the end of this. Okay. Right. So two, two of my big passions. Thank you for City your Hall comments. And, and the May I now ask for uh, Commissioner McCoy? And Hakimi. Hi, yes, Commissioner McCoy here. I actually have two just very brief um, announcements. I just uh, want to recognize um, for June. We have a lot of events and a lot of things to recognize in June. First of all, the Museum of the African Diaspora has a dinner on June 7th. Um, so please go out and support uh, our very important <laughs> museum here in San Francisco that this really uh, represents African culture, Black culture. Um, and then the second piece, I would be amiss if we did not recognize Juneteenth. Yes. And the city of San Francisco and Juneteenth has put together a week of celebrations. Um, I'll just read a few of them off. June 10th, we have events at the waterfront and the Juneteenth parade. June 16th, we have the kickoff here at City Hall and the SF Black Wall Street Gala. June 17th, we have the Black Food and Wine Experience and uh, the Freedom Celebration in the Fillmore. There's many, many more, but I just wanted to make sure that we recognize Juneteenth, our new federal holiday, and such an important um, time for people of color. 
So true. Thank thank you. Commissioner um, Hakimi. I I just wanted um, following up the conversation we had. Uh, actually, um, Commissioner Ferris mentioned about how do we get the art to work around the, the city, not just in clusters. So, uh, as I mentioned to the couple of times this happened, I I do have the honor of serving on the uh, the Planning Department Equity uh, Council Advisor. So this is a group of advisors, eleven of us, that were selected by the Planning Department to advise the Planning Department regarding city, you know, guides and how work is done around equity, representing the eleven. Uh, communities that we represent. And um, in the last two years, um, we actually have become an important voice in the planning department and actually we're changing things and they're actually listening. So we're not um, an elected body, we're just uh, an advisor. So the fact that they're giving us this is really an incredible honor. But um, the thing I want to share with you is part of what we have asked the planning department to, to engage the other heads of departments and other commissions to actually come to these meetings because it's where the conversations are happening. These are where we're gonna end up guiding uh, community representation visibility to our policies throughout the city. So um, our, it has just been, we have been told that we're gonna be embarking on the revised position of downtown because that's out of the things that we wanted to do as an equity uh, council. We agreed all of us that downtown affects our community. So we wanna make sure that whatever happens in, in, in downtown, it's not a reflection of what happened in 2010, but actually allows our communities to come back, especially our artists and our underrepresented. Um, so I wanted to actually uh, mention this because I think it's a very important moment in time for the Art Commission to actually engage with the Security Council and maybe even come to one of our meetings. I, I wanted to invite and I, we have it cornered because um, art is actually one of the most important pillars of, of, of doing what we're going to be doing in downtown. And it's going to set the tone of the city's future. So I would really love to engage the um, invite um, the commission to actually coordinate a meeting with them. Thank you. Commissioner Shelby. Yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, as you all know, I'm the artistic director at Hillsburg Jazz. Our yeah. festival opens in two weeks. We start off with Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I'm not gonna, you, I think everyone might've gotten a uh, flyer. Take a look. Hope you can join us. Nine days tomorrow, joy. Diane Reeves, Martin Luther McCoy, <laughs> and a, a whole bunch of you can go to our website. I just want to thank you all. Are there any other um, matters announcements by the commissioners? I'd now like to proceed to public comment on any new business or announcements. We will be taking in person public comment first. So for those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. If you're joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx, and if you're calling by phone, press star 3 to be put into the queue. Instructions are on screen. We're currently on item number 9, new business and announcements. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking, and you'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive a 30-second level warning before your time concludes. Then you'll be muted once your time is up. You may stay on the line if you wish to speak on other items. Anyone who speaks during public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-info.sfgov.org. I'm seeking in-person public comment. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment in person? Seeing no in-person public comment, I am now seeking comments for those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda item? Seeing no virtual hands, uh, we have no public comment and public comments now closed for this item. Thank you. 
We can proceed with item 10. Thank you. I am now moving into item number 10. I'm going to get my voice ready for this. This is the in, in memoriam discussion. So twice a year, we recognize and honor individuals, artists and cultural leaders and philanthropists who have made an impact on San Francisco. The arts and the cultural landscape who have passed away recently. We have a number of folks that we want to acknowledge recognize and celebrate in memoriam this month. The first person I'd like to honor is Bruce Wolf, sculptor passed away December 27th, 2022 at the age of 81. He was a Bay Area artist who sculpted Tony Bennett, Clint Eastwood, Gavin Newsom in bronze. His first public work of the San Francisco Opera General Director, Kurt Herbert Adler, was completed in 1968, and it's in the library and the lobby of the War Memorial Opera House. Okay. Noah Cohen passed away January 25th, 2023, at the age of 55. Noah was the film SF Films executive director from 2014 to 2019. Cowan was the co-director of the Toronto International Film Festival, where he began as a summer intern in 1981 and executive director of the TIFF Lightbox. He was also a former journalist and an independent film producer, co-founding Cowboy Pictures. David Schubert is, was a photographer, passed away January 5th, 2023, at the age of 49. He was an American graffiti artist and professional photographer recognized for his photographs of skateboarding and graffiti. In 1995, Schubert moved to San Francisco to go to school at the San Francisco Art Institute to study photography. He published an acclaimed graffiti zine called Graffiti Document. His work is exhibited locally as well as nationally. Larry Thomas. This is a tough one for JD and me. Uh, Larry was an artist, a teacher, he was the former academic dean of the Art Institute, and he passed away on the 6th of January of 2023 at the age of 79. Thomas's work is based on the natural landscape, primarily that of the Northern California coast. He taught drawing and printmaking for many years at the San Francisco Art Institute and served as dean of academic affairs and as interim president of the school before retiring in 2005. His work is in numerous public and private collections nationally and regionally. Um, I knew Larry very well. When he was the interim president, I was the chair, and together we signed Kahindi Wiley's diploma with the most beautiful script you've ever seen. Larry's amazing. Tyler James Hoare. Sculptor and printmaker passed away on January 31st, 2023 at the age of 82. He became the most famous of the many Emeryville mudflat sculptors um, who decorated the shoreline with whimsical driftwood and creations in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Hoare's popular Red Baron and shop with camel planes blended man and machine, and he continued to place them for 25 years after Caltrans and other state agencies banned the practice. <laughs> Larry Bucketman Hunt was a street performer. 
He passed away January 23rd, 2023 at the age of 64. He was known and heard for playing the drums on Market Street, and he used the drum set uh, of leftover pots and pans and buckets, and he was a fixture in downtown, even appearing in the 20 on the 206 Will Smith movie in pursuit of happiness. You recall that movie, right? And the America's Got Talent. Tom Shea, former arts commissioner and supervisor, passed away on March 5th, 2023 at the age of 91. He was previously appointed to the Arts Commission by Mayor Joseph Alioto in 1970. At that time, he was one of two Asian Americans serving on any city commission. His decade-long long career consisted of leading and serving on multiple city and regional commissions, nationally took part in multiple executive boards, and founded the first Asian Pacific Caucus of the Democratic National Committee. And he also designed the Market Street Mandarin Tower along um, with an affordable housing complex. Halkina, the San Francisco drag performer, entrepreneur, and activist passed away on April 3rd, 2023, I believe in London at the age of 55. She was a luminary of the San Francisco drag scene who started hosting the long running series of Mother at the Stead in 1996, the gritty DIY punk drag party later found a home at the DNA Lounge in 2008. Halinka later co-opened the SF MoMA drag venue, the Oasis in 2015, and was an MC at the number of popular city events, including Pride and the Folsom Street Fair. Robert Henry Johnson, Dancer and choreographer died on the 6th of December in 2022 at the young age of 54. Robert Henry Johnson was a dancer and a playwright who mixed movement style and literary influences with equal fluidity. He was one of the first students to graduate from San Francisco School of, uh, of Performing Arts he also attended the San Francisco Ballet School on a full scholarship, in addition to founding the Robert Henry Johnson Dance Company in 1993. He created works for the Oakland Ballet, the Bavarian State Opera, the, Oak, the Oregon Ballet Theater, and many others. In the 1990s, he focused on solo work, mixing dance and text, and worked on several plays. Miguel Aniel Martinez Perez, was the co-founder of the Danza Azteca, passed away on March 30th, 2023, at the age of 68. He and his wife, Irma Martinez, grew up in the mission with families that immigrated from El Salvador in the 1960s. He co-founded the Shehuato Cotl uh, Danza Azteca group, in 1993, which is still performing after immersing themselves in the practice in the 1980s. Through Danza Martinez um, and Irma became central figures in mission culture, helping to connect generations of people whose families immigrated from Latin America with their indigenous roots. Kathleen Rose Smith is an artist, activist, author, and writer, passed away on April 26, 2023 at the age of 84. She graduated with a 
BFA from the San Francisco Art Institute, and she was a founding member of the Federated Coast Miwok. She was also a culture bearer and proud citizen of the Federated Indians of the Grattan Rancheria. Her professions included cultural interpreter, consultant, and demonstrator. Her art was featured in numerous exhibitions and publications. Kathleen was authored Enough for All, Foods of My Dry Creek, Pomo, and Bodega, um, Miwok People. Barry Frederick, artist and educator, passed away on January 31st, 1991. He arrived in San Francisco in 1974 to pursue his art education at San Francisco State and later a BFA from the Art Institute. Barry was twice awarded an artist in residence grant from the California Arts Council. His artwork focused on expressing his struggle personally and politically with the AIDS epidemic and with the progression of his own illness. Barry spent the last three years of his life working at the Rest Stop Support Center as its co-director and volunteer. And Jim Malkert, artist and educator, passed away June 1, 2023, after his undergraduate studies in art history at Princeton, he taught English in Japan for four years. Returning to the States, he earned degrees in painting at the University of Chicago and afterwards in ceramics with Peter Volkos at uh, University of California at Berkeley. He taught at UC Berkeley until 1977, when the National Endowment for the Arts brought him to Washington, D.C. to direct the visual arts program. From 1984 to 1988, he joined the American Academy in Rome as its director. He worked on a variety of media, including in a variety of media, including drawing, film, and ceramics. One of his pieces, Riven River, 2014, can be seen at the airport. This concludes my comments. Um, any other comments from members of the commission in memoriam? They pulled for me saying something about Tina Turner because she's not local, but she's the greatest of all time. And she is local. So <laughs> she definitely Namaste, Tina. Any other any other in memoria to um, to recognize? Any comment on this agenda item number 10 in memoriam? We'll be taking in person public comment first. Um, so for those that join in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. And for those joining remotely, please raise your hand. If you're listening via WebEx, if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on screen. We're currently on item number 10. As a reminder, your time will start when you begin speaking. You'll see a visual timer on the screen and receive 30 second audible warning. You'll be then muted once your time is up. Anyone who speaks during the public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes if it's 150 words or less to art-infosubgov.org. I'm now requesting comments from those in person and I see no in-person public comment. Um, and I'm now requesting comments from those joining remotely. Is there anyone who would like to make public comment on the current agenda items? I see no, in per, um, no virtual hands. So we have no public comment and public comment is now closed. I'm now moving to agenda item number 11, which is adjournment.